to Island Minds, a mental health podcast. Please note, these episodes deal with topics that some listeners may find distressing. For suggested contacts, please see the show notes on our Facebook page after this episode. Hello and welcome to Island Minds, the first episode without my amazing co-host Tia. It's really weird saying hello down the microphone and not hearing hello back, so bear with me. (laughs) So today I'm going to be talking to a guy called Alex. I've known him for some time and he's going to be talking about his experience living with ADHD. But before we go to Alex, I just wanted to talk about something that I discovered recently that I've been using at work and I think it's a really lovely thing for everyone to be aware of. And that is the Action for Happiness campaign. Now, you may well have heard of it, but if you haven't, here's what Action for Happiness is all about. So, Action for Happiness is a registered charity. They were founded in 2010 and they have a really clear vision. So they want to help people create a happier world with a culture that prioritizes happiness and kindness. So it's a really lovely idea from the get-go. And if you go to their website, you'll find a plethora, great word, of videos that deal with a range of topics or promoting happiness, etc. They also have a really great resource and this is what I've been using at work and it's just great for anyone really. So they have calendars for each month and on each day of the month they have a little task for you to complete and these tasks are all about being kind to either yourself, the environment or those around you. So for instance, uh, I'm just going to take one random day in March and choose the task that it asks. What have we got? So here we go. (laughs) This is a really lovely one actually. Notice how you speak to yourself and choose kind words. So I think that's really lovely and I think it's something we could all do a little bit more of. Now, choosing kind words isn't about to cure you of, you know, a long-standing mental health condition. However, being kind about yourself can help with your day-to-day happiness and therefore improve sort of your mental health on a more day-to-day basis. So, when you're speaking about yourself rather than saying that wasn't very good I I didn't do very well at that but you did it you got from A to B and you did it so that's a win don't worry about anything else you did it just be kind think about the things that you're you like about yourself think about the things you're proud of yourself for and really hone in on those so that's actually your homework after this episode I want you to just take a moment notice how you speak to yourself and I want you to pick some really kind words to express yourself I want you to choose some kind words to describe yourself and I want you to think about three things that you're proud of doesn't matter what it is whether you think it's trivial or not if it makes you feel good and happy then that is perfect. I also want you to think about three things that you're really grateful for as well. So that is your homework uh, for this episode. So moving back on to 
our guest. As I said, we are going to be talking about ADHD. Now, obviously, this is a condition that does come with a lot of stigma. We talk about stigma, obviously, nearly every episode because it's such a big problem when it comes to mental health. But ADHD is something that has only actually been accepted by the NHS as a condition since 2009. And a lot of people, when they hear the word, when they hear ADHD, they immediately think of badly behaved children, disruptive children. And this episode is about to blow that misconception wide open. It's also been a real big eye opener for me because this is a condition that I have known relatively little of. I just assumed it was something that kids experienced and I really wasn't aware that actually no this this is something that affects both children and adults. So we are going to talk to Alex now about his experience living with and managing ADHD. Alex thank you so much for agreeing to come onto the podcast. It is my first episode without my co-host so always a bit nerve-wracking when there's change. Did you just want to introduce yourself, say a little bit about yourself so our listeners sort of get an understanding of who no, you are? No, I'm an egomaniac. I like it when you describe oh, me. Oh, no. This is Alex. Yeah, because this, de- this is a decade's worth of build-up here. Alex is... Isn't, isn't that fucked up as well? Like, that's a, a decade. decade. A whole decade of knowing Over you. a decade. <laughs> I would it's closer to 12 say years. Alex is a local businessman. Very good at graphic design, a bit of a nerd, and all round quite smart. I disagree entirely. <laughs> With which bit? All of it, or just like? <laughs> oh, at what? Am, am I really in my businessman first? Is that what my life has become? <laughs> well, you're. I was expecting just to be a little bit more of pizzazz. Oh, sorry. Performer, comedian, witty entrepreneur. Try again. So, but see, I've now you just introduced <laughs> yourself. <laughs> yeah, it was a clever ploy. I guess I'll do it myself. Oh, yeah, I, uh, um, Leo likes long walks on the beach. <laughs> you know, scented candles. Well, the sound of his own voice. <laughs> it's really lovely to have you on here. So again, thanks. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about ADHD, as this is one of the things we discussed before uh, recording. So ADHD is a condition that has a lot of stigma attached to it. There's a lot of misconceptions, and let's be honest, just plain old-fashioned judgment, uh, all based around ignorance. In your own words, can you talk us through your experience living with ADHD? Yeah, I think for a lot of people who go through it, who are in the non-extreme version of it. So, you know, the, you know, the spectrum, it's the it's the top and the bottom of the spectrum. For those of us who just kind of fall in this weird diagnosis where it's a lot of it's internal and it's very hard to explain the internal when that all feels normal. So all of the things I do, which are very normal things for me to do, when I say them out loud and people go, oh, no, that's not how that's supposed to be. I'm like, oh, 
since when? And like, since always. And like, you're 35, Alex. How long have you been doing that? And I was like, well, I'm about 35 for years, man. My whole life. And like, you, you've been thinking those things for years. And yeah, there's a lot of negative stigma around it because there is also, I don't like it on TikTok right now because it is oversubscribed as a trend. And I don't like it being a trend. It's a very easy self-diagnosis to co-opt into your own world. And I found that quite frustrating over the years because the re the reality of it, it's like, you know, like Tourette's. When people think Tourette's, they think that dude off Big Brother. Where it's not that. You know, the, the swearing and stuff is actually a very small percentage of both those diagnoses, the sort of outbursts and stuff. Very small kind of part of it, but because it's the most, what's the word, sensational part of it, people's first impressions of it are that. So when I don't do the thing, when I don't meet that expectation that they've had from film and TV, it's like, oh, you can't be that because I've seen Big Bang Theory, right? You're not that guy. Well, no. Well, then you're not it. Like, well, no, I am. But the guy from TV that I know. I'm like, yeah, I know, I don't do that. Well, what do you do? And I was like, well, there's, there's loads of things about it. Like, what, what does that mean? What does ADHD look like? And that is the question I always get asked, or the statement I always get. You don't look like you have ADHD. And I was like, here's a pen and paper. Draw it. Draw what it's supposed to be. Give me a list about the, the things that the beats I need to hit for you to believe me. <laughs> of what do you think it is? And it's that media kind of, if you have a disorganized bed, you might have ADHD. Mm. I mean, no, <laughs> no, uh, it, it, it's, it's so easy for people to co-opt and believe they have because they saw a couple of TikToks saying seven signs that you might have ADHD in that weird kind of AI voice thing. And I look at it and go, like, oh, I do those things. And then you read the comments and it's like, oh, my God, this is the affirmation I needed. I have it. And for some people, that's fine because it does help people kind of get the first taste of it. And like, oh, I should probably go down the road and see if I can get this diagnosed. Yeah. It's the people who diagnose themselves after seeing a TikTok about it that drive me a little bit crazy. <laughs> like, I have it too. How long have you had it? So, you know, since I saw a TikTok about bedrooms being untidy. I was like, There's a lot more to it. So the misconceptions are infuriating because it's so easy to pretend to have for a bit or just because it's cool on TikTok. It's so easy to yeah. think someone has it because of the very simplistic paint by numbers examples we get from the media. And it's so fucking hard to explain what it is when you have it because everything I do, I, I almost have to get it confirmed from an outside source that the thing I'm doing or thinking isn't something I'm supposed to do or think, but a lot of the things I do and think are in, are in my own head. So I have to diarrhea all of that out into the world to have someone te professional tell me back, you know, that's a thing. And yeah, so just to hear it from someone over the like, I saw a TikTok about this. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Don't try and diagnose me because you saw something off TikTok. We're not the same. Anyway, that's my rant done. What's next? What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've touched on sort of the misconceptions mm. and how it is currently sort of a, a trending condition. <laughs> and I think a lot of conditions have had that same trending treatment. Um, mm. You know, is so dangerous. So what is it like for you? Because obviously everyone has individual experiences and as you've said your experience might be different to someone else's you don't it have is. to have all the signs to be living with adhd you might have some so what what is your own personal experience living with adhd 
I think it comes down to the definition of ADHD, which is, you know, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which is wrong. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a deficit, nor is it a disorder. So both Ds are wrong. You can get the double Ds out of there. Let's flat chest this thing. It is not attention deficit. I have a regulation problem with my attention because I am processing exponentially more information in my head and more avenues of thought than a neurotypical. So at any given time, I could be thinking about, you know, um, you know, what's The Rock's first movie? all the way down to you know that song the guy the hustle you know what's that guy up to now and i'm i'm thinking about a lot of things at the same time and it's like a it's like a merry-go-round that you have to try and stop to get a single thought out and there there are voices in their head it's not like it's not they're not different voices so to speak it's not like i have multiple voices in my head some of them are some of them are french and some of them are spanish i can't do a spanish accent it's not like they are different personalities Mm -hmm. but you know that you know your internal monologue that your voice in your yes, head. Yes, I am very familiar with my internal monologue. <laughs> it is it it is that, but stacked on itself, about fifteen to twenty, and they're just talking at the same time, and you don't get to choose which one of those conversations is loudest. So when you really need to be doing something, like you'd be sat in a job interview, for instance, and all your brain can do is be like, "Man, what's Joe Pesci done since Home Alone 2? And that, that, that's the thought. That's Your brain has just been like, uh, that one. I'll pick that thought out. We'll work from that. And it has nothing to do with anything at all. And it just takes us down these weird deviations. And then when I've done comedy for years and stuff, and I've, I like doing improv, the hardest thing in the entire world is to blurt the thing out. Like if someone asks me what the weather's like, and I'm like, have you seen Home Alone 2? <laughs> and then I'll try and make what I just said relevant to their question. And I'll just dial back from Home Alone 2 to what their question was as quickly as I can, just to make sure that no one realized I was an idiot. But in that moment, I express how much of an idiot I am. It's an infuriating world. The regulation is the problem. Like, so when when you say to someone, you just need to try harder. You just need to focus. And I was like, oh, oh, was that it? Was that the move this whole time? Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> shit like that, where, you know, so much the, the the regulation of attention is the hardest one to explain because everyone goes, well, I get distracted as well. And it's like, yeah, but you, I don't get distracted. I constantly think about everything else at the same time, which uh, because I tend to think about it and then process the emotions that assemble to it. So... When I go through, like, I'm, I'm the worst person to give bad news to because I I put through every single possible chain of conversation and emotion and I process it internally very, very quickly. So if someone said to me, my dad died, I'd be like, oh, that, that sucks. And like, well, why aren't you sad? And I was like, I was. Didn't you see? It happened really quickly. And I've, I've moved past it now. And I don't, uh, it happens so quickly that my facial muscles don't respond to it. Emotion, that is. So when people say we don't, we don't have emotions and stuff, we do. They just happen so quickly, sometimes really intensely and very, very quickly. So we'll go, oh my God, we're not going to, oh, a lollipop. And that's where people think the whole attention deficit is like, oh my God, I was doing this the other day, squirrel. And I hate that so much. And I hate it, I hate it so much. Oh, it makes me so angry. It's not squirrel. But it, it's a real genuine emotional disconnect from situations that people think we have. And 
to an extent, yes, we do have an, an emotion regulation problem and we can be over and under emotive, but I process sadness so very, very quickly unless it's horrifically intense. And then I get, I get all emo about it and start playing my chemical romance. Yikes. What was the question? <laughs> I was just asking you to talk us through your experience, which you are doing brilliantly. Oh, so, so, um, my, my, my girlfriend thinks I masturbate in bed a lot, but I don't. I have a, so my, my version of this, which is not, which is not, which is not universal. If you, if you relate to this, it doesn't mean you have ADHD and I've confirmed it. Um, I'm not the affirmation giver outer. Um, ADHD feels like a ball of electricity in your body that has to move a muscle. You have to constantly be moving because we have so much energy sitting still. We just have to like vibrate very, very, very quickly. We're just like that squirrel from, oh, damn it. The squirrel thing from Ice Age, you know, scrap with the nut. Like just quietly vibrating. We're not like Rottweilers and attack dogs. We're like Chihuahua panic attack dogs. Like that we just have to vibrate and burn this energy. And it feels like a ball of electricity in your body. So it moves your arms from time to time. So I tend to air drum just to get rid of that um, energy. And it's, it's called stimming. But in bed, it like that ball of energy just goes to my feet and it like just moves my feet and sort of shakes the bed a little bit. And just, just look over. Are you wanking? No, I'm not. No, it's like, what's going on? It's like it's my feet and like they just vibrate. My feet shake and it's weird. And it's like, that's, that's the weird thing, Alex weird and that's just one of the many many traits i have now what else do you you've looked at me a lot that came out wrong you've seen me um you you know doing stand-up comedy i'm more of a walkabout comedy because i sashay and it's not it's not because of the michael mcintyre and it's a 20-foot stage and i've got to use it it's because i can't stand still like like you're looking at me on my camera right now and i'm in a swivelly chair if i if this chair wasn't swivelling I'd be, I was going to say you have not stopped moving. You'd think, <laughs> <laughs> because it's yeah. a ball of energy that just has to keep moving things. But they're one of the hardest ones to do was um, uh, remember where that sentence was going, <laughs> frankly. Remember where that sentence was going. Brain, try. No, it's gone. It'll come back later. It's gone out for milk. Like my dad did. <laughs> It'll come back at some point, completely irrelevant. Like you, you ever had that like thing where you've been in an argument with someone and you've left it and then you're in the shower and it'll come back to you like, I should have said this. Yes. That happens All to the me. Time. That happens to me a lot. Like I, I like throwing out quips and comments and I can, re- I can reply very, very quickly. But then my brain will just keep running the situation mm. and come back with, here's what you could have said. And then I have to get into a fight with that person again. And it's... It's a self self destructive sort of cycle. Uh, yeah. What else is in my experience? You've seen me. What do I do? Do I have? I mean, do, I, do I have any stim like quirks that like meh, that you look at me and think oh, that's fucking idiot? No, you are always on the move. You know, if anyone has watched your stand up or even just being in conversation with you, you you do gesture a lot. But also, when you're having a conversation, you. You tend to use a lot of different voices as well. Yes. But previous to us having the initial conversation about coming onto the podcast, I I would never have said, oh, yes, 
he clearly has ADHD. Like it just wasn't ever something that I I would have known if you hadn't told me about it. So yeah. I'm okay with eye contact when I really know someone. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's not at all or horrifically over intense. <laughs> like, because I, it, it, it's things we have to focus on. Those are adjustments that people on the spectrum in general have to try and make. It's like, mm. normal people don't stare, but they do make eye contact. It's like, so then you look at the, I'll look at the camera and be like, well, how much is enough? When can I blink? When do I look away? What the, <laughs> where do I look? <laughs> like, yeah. And even now yeah. at, 30, at 35, it doesn't quite compute. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm, I'm this fantastically eccentric human being. I'm very happy with who I am as a human being. I was having this discussion with uh, my girlfriend and I was like, you know, if we had met like 10, 11 years ago, what version <laughs> of you would I have got? And she was just listening off how she's evolved and changed mm. over the last 11 years. And she was like, what version of you would I have got? And I was like, well, I was about two stone lighter. That's about it. <laughs> in, in your time of knowing me, because you've known me for about 12 years, have I evolved I think you've honed your craft, as it were. You have a lot of amazing ideas and you've always had like big grand plans. I think you've gone from, in my experience, you've gone from being overly like the creative side of it to being able to apply the business side to a lot of your creativity as well. So I've definitely seen a maturing in that that way. But in terms of your personality and your eccentricities, you're the same person that I met. But I think, like I said, there's you've added a layer of maturity to a lot of how you approach things. Yeah, Uh, it just makes me. I mean, it's hard to say that. No, I'm not the same person when I have a painting of Zap Brannigan on a chaise long with some champagne. Yeah, my. various comic book things behind me it's like i'm i'm a grown-up it's like how old's your kid alex and like, I, don't, I don't have a kid <laughs> this, is all, <laughs> this is my stuff and <laughs> this is my stuff yeah i i've i found what was comfortable for me as a human being yeah and i think what has both been a characteristic people have liked in me and come mm-hmm. to dislike in me is that i have never bent any of my personality traits codes or anything to something that i don't believe in i've adjusted to certain situations like i know when i go to places that i need to be a slightly more dressed human being but i've never wavered like if i don't like someone i will never like them like i'm like a dog (laughs) I I can't explain it. I think you are. You have always been unapologetically yourself, and that's that's great. You know that you have that sort of level of integrity. Just today, it manifested in so people on the people with ADHD, especially this 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 is fairly common across the entire spectrum. People with ADHD have a massive sort of relationship with justice. And if we see injustice happening and we feel it's being put upon us as well, we will go out of our way to seek it, to seek justice. And it probably, it probably explains my massive love for Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. Not even kidding. Just it, like justice in the ADHD brain is such a, um, a strong current. We, we seek it for people around us, people we love. If we if people around us are being 
unjustly put upon. Like I'll, I'll, I'll get involved. I'll throw myself in. Whether, whether you're right, wrong, or whatever, if I see you being, <laughs> being unjustly sort of picked on, um, it, you know, got me into fights at school. It got me into a lot of fights. It got me into. I, I lost people from my life because of it. And that is that is quite a strong ADHD mm-hmm. trait. So, is there any particular way in which you manage sort of your ADHD on? a daily basis are there any sort of days or situations that are more difficult than others uh deadlines Ah. deadlines i thrive upon but i'm a i'm a massive procrastinator like i will do anything to avoid doing anything until everything has to be done suddenly um uh, my best example i can give happened on saturday i went to epsom with a uh broadcast team and we were, there was a sort of mma boxing night happening and they were broadcasting it over a live stream and i was doing all of the uh, sort of graphics so when the fighters are coming in it's like welcome to the stage fuck face o'malley and his name appears with his stats and da, 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 da. and i made all of that and 10 minutes before the show started the promoter comes to us and goes did you get the updated um fighter sheet i was like no I was like, oh yeah, like seven, eight fights have changed. The running orders have changed. Some belts are on the line tonight. Everything's changed. Almost every fight had a tweak. And any other human being would have looked at that situation and just gone, well, fuck it. You're you're getting what I've made. But somewhere my emotional dick just went boing. And I knew that there was a pressure situation and I thrive under pressure. So I put on some music and you know my my desk my station was in the the backstage area so where the fighters are about to walk you know when you like see a wrestling match or a boxing match they just come out of the curtain and shit and i'm the other side of that curtain like at like next to the next to where they're leaving from and so there's like 15 20 people hyping up their fight they're like come on fucking steve you got this you're trained hard you're gonna fuck you let's go it's all fucking emotional everything's crazy the guys around me are all spinning on their heads because they don't know what to do. Uh, the audio team across are like just also frantic because you know, they like play this song, play this song as I walk out, as I walk out. I was like, well, you've been here seven hours. Why haven't you told them what song you wanted to walk out to before? So everyone's frantic and losing their minds a little bit. And I just put my headphones in and I just ignored every other thing happening in this world. And people assume when they, when they hear me and they, they know I'm a massive pop punk fan. They know I love fast, aggressive music, but the music which helps me find a spot in my mind where I can be comfortable and actually helps me a little bit more pick out the the focus I need is lo-fi hip-hop. Very, very sort of chilled music. So all of this chaos was happening in a full 360 of me and I just put in my headphones and I just opened my laptop and I did it. As as fight one was going out, I was making fight one's graphics. As fight two was happening, I was making fight threes. As fight five was happening, I was making fight nines because I just I just got ahead of it. And it was it was a pressure situation. And you know, the promoter looked at us and said, Oh, you didn't get this the fight sh- the, the updated sheets and my the people who were running our, our day station were like, Well, it can't happen. And I was like, oh, oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> I can feel it. 
And there are just there there are things in my mind which happened. It's happened before. Like I had to do an entire award show broadcast by myself. I had to make all the graphics. I got it done in two days when it should have taken you know probably about two weeks. You you, you deliver it, and the, the 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 team is like, we can't hand this to the client yet. Why? Because we budgeted two weeks of time. You can't do it in two days. <laughs> If things excite me and if things get to me and I put on a bit of lo-fi music, I can take over the planet. Other sort of, um, the other things that have helped me are clothes without tags. So none of my clothes have like um, labels in the back because it's a problem with, um, it's a sensory problem. Uh, I've learned to avoid foods of certain textures. Uh, that's, that's one of my managements. Also, I don't have many shoes with shoelaces anymore. And that sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. But I have elastic laces. So I ha I buy shoes which have like the laces and stuff, but then I buy off Amazon just like rubberized laces and stuff, which just got to go on in this in the same holes as the laces would. And they just become slip-ons. They just become slip-ons. And it just, it, it, it just, because it just saves a minute. Also, I buy a lot of the same clothes. So I tend to have about six or seven different variations of the same outfit because it just removes a cognitive process for me in the morning. Like, what shall I wear today? Like, well, here are your choices. It's gray or dark gray. <laughs> and like, dark gray it is. Just removing removing a choice from my life has helped a lot. That's why I like a lot of the same things. I find that so interesting. Like little things that individuals find that can make such a big difference, even if it seems like such a small thing to someone else. It's not. It's not a trivial thing. If it makes a big difference, that's fantastic. I have to ask, are there any yeah. particular misconceptions that really grind your gears? Yeah, yeah that I'm energetic. <laughs> simple as that no. <laughs> there are misconceptions um and that, that comes back to what i said before that a lot of the things are yeah. stem from people's opinion of what i should be stem from caricaturized traits and it, it, it it's a representation problem so in media we don't really have many great examples of it if someone in a cast has adhd or is neurodiverse they're either a serial killer or they help find serial killers we're never just the guy who's just like, you can do it. And air drumming quietly in the background. And that's what I think. I think it, it's been an over, it's been an overcourse correction in that we're like, oh, they want representation. We'll give them, we'll give them, we'll give them Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock, who was obviously supposed to be um, on the spectrum somewhere. And the thing is, when then people just assume we have to be fucking superheroes the whole time. And we're not. The media this is something me and Tia used to touch on all the time like the representation in mainstream media can be so dangerous it, people think they know what something should look like having watched a film or a series there's actually a really cool podcast I listen to called Psychocinematic and they basically mm -hmm. look at shows and series that depict different sort of mental ill health conditions and they sort of dissect them, look at how successful they've been in representing something or how, how poor a job they did. It's really interesting, but it it just uh, goes to show that media representations... I think media outlets need to take a lot more responsibility or they need to be held 
to account for how they portray it because it's not just in tv and movies it's in articles as well tabloid media and social media it's yeah it's a, a big problem when i don't meet the bill of expectation that they have picked up from film and tv characters they'll believe the film and tv universe over me and that's one of the hardest sort of misconceptions to, to play with in people's minds it's like oh no I, I definitely am like i've got the thing i was like yeah well you haven't been to you haven't been to vegas and counted cards like in rain man and i was like N- no no i haven't Nah, well, you know, you know, the the guy from Big Bang Theory is a physicist. And I was like, yeah, that, yeah, that's absolutely true. And like, so you can't be them. Ugh. What do you want from me? Do you, do you want me to? Do you, do you just want me to say squirrel and run away or something? Is that is that what you, is that what you need from me? <laughs> like, if I meet that expectation, will you believe me and leave me alone? Yeah, and I think, like, one of the the biggest things like I find you hear a lot when people explain oh you know they've got ADHD it's that whole oh they're Mm. a disruptive child I have the absence of consequence of fear so I have you know that that feeling when people get when they're driving down the road like I should steer off this cliff um that's called call to the void um I don't have that impulse to do it but I don't have the impulse to appreciate danger so I wasn't a disruptive child at school or anything. I was really, really bored, really bored. I could sit a test and get an A, but outside seemed more interesting to me. And even if my classroom was on the second floor or even third floor and I was near a window, I was getting out that window. And it, 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 didn't, it didn't matter what you did, what you told me. Like I was shimmying down something. I was getting out. So th- this is a, this, so when I, I, long story short, I did want to write a TV show about my high school experience. And there was one scene which made me want to do it. And it's when my friend John was regaling me with a story where he was on the ground floor of a classroom and looking out the window and he saw my bag fall down, which and then seconds later, me just (laughs) just get out of a bush and leave. (laughs) And it was it was not the most rare sight in the entire world to see me bunking off school. It just wasn't. I, I wasn't. I was bored a lot. My math teacher told me I wasn't going to really do much with my life. And so I became not a disruptive kid. I wasn't violent. I was never a bad student. But I was difficult to rein in. I was difficult to manage. And, you know, never violent. I never chucked chairs or anything. Um, But I also got into fights a lot because I have no ability to shut the fuck up when up needs to be shut. And it's like people, people would pick on me and, and stuff and I would pick on them back. But there were three of them and they were bigger than me and they would knock me to the ground and I would get back up and they'd hit me to the ground again and I'd get back up and like, motherfucker, like, I, I need to look cool here. Like you should have stayed down on one. Like I can't, I, you cannot be seen getting up again is what they're emotionally saying to me when they, and I just kept getting back up and I was never bad. I never did drugs or anything, but, and this is a really core part, I think something I would like you to investigate with people down the line. I was put in a naughty class and I was never naughty. I was just difficult. And in that class were some bad motherfuckers. I say bad motherfuckers, you know, with teenagers, like they had had lighters. And there is a saying, I cannot remember where I heard it, but 
for years I've I've known about it. It's like you become 50% of the five people you hang around with the most. And my school forced me to hang around with some shit people. I was never I was never a bad kid, but they put me with bad people. And there is a very real possibility that those people could have influenced massive portions of my social development at a really fragile time in my in my life. You know, as a, as a, you know, when I was about sort of twelve, when all this was going on, you know, I was in a broken home, but not a bad broken home. My parents, I, I did stand on my parents, but I was still struggling for the whole like, what is going on with the world? Yeah. And then to just be thrust upon this situation where I have where the people I have to hang out with and share a lunch table with are absolute dickheads who are like, we're gonna steal a car. You in? Like, if I say no, they'll kill me. So there was a real possibility that those people could have been my best friends. And if they had, if the school had not known how to handle me and put me in a situation where I was just put in with the bad people and they made me a bad person, would my school have been complicit in that exchange of responsibility? And it's because you become become 50% of the five people you hang around with the most. And that is a statistic I truly believe in because I look at the, I look, the, I look at me and I look at the people who influenced me and helped shape who I am. And I am absolutely a slice of them. And so when I hear schools putting the ADHD, the autistic, the, the troublemakers and stuff in with the bullies, those are two very different situations. You cannot merge them. Otherwise, they just become one melting pot of bullshit. And then you get the stigma of the kid who was just a a shit kid, the troublemaker. Like, I grew up with that kind of reputation of being a troublemaker. Like, I didn't start trouble. I was never violent or anything. But it was just like, oh, he hangs around with that guy. That means he's bad, right? I got to hang around with him. Like, I'm put in a padded room with a locked door with this guy. Like... (laughs) But I would implore anyone who is, and this this is that begrudging thing I have to find with TikTok. It's where people find a lot of their escape, man. Like there are people who may see a TikTok from ADHD underscore pro or whatever, and they may they may not have been diagnosed yet, and there may, there may be something going on, and they might identify with something, and they might go and ask the question to someone. But then it takes fucking two three years now, I think, to get a diagnosis. Which, in the theory of relativity, if you ask a 10-year-old, so if we say a 9-year-old, and just tell a 9-year-old you've got to wait three years for your diagnosis, that's like, oh, that's i got I got to go, and that's going to be like 25% of my life at that point, just waiting to figure out whether the other 75% of my life has been a problem. And it's, it's, it's an unfair time, time metric to put on a child. Adult diagnosis, later life, is big. It's actually more, big, more prevalent in females. Because y'all are just better at masking. And adult adult diagnosis is on the rise. But I just said that the kid the kids need to know soon and And I, I've I've said this to you before. I've been out with friends where I've not been paying attention. And the the waiter's there taking the orders and stuff, and I'm not paying attention. And it's like, Alex, and like, alright. And they're like, sorry, he's he's on the spectrum. And like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Apologize for me. <laughs> And then the then the server's like um, opinion of me changes, and like oh sorry, is the music too loud? I'm like what if the music was too loud? I may have told you like forty minutes ago. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't treat me differently because known, yeah, I I get that. 
it's I'll be honest it's been really interesting talking to you about this because I like a lot of other people I have always assumed that ADHD is something that children experience not necessarily adults so it's been quite an eye-opener sort of doing a bit of research before this episode and understanding that actually you know you hear people say they'll grow out of it like that isn't necessarily the case you can have children with ADHD that grow up with it or you can have adults that are diagnosed much later in life Um, I did find out though that a lot more adult cases Mm. are undiagnosed there's there's a lot of people out there living with this but it's just an undiagnosed uh, part of part of their life so yeah it it has been really interesting because it comes down to if you ever want to look at it i hate to interject it's just part of what i do i'm sorry Um, no no go for it this is your episode (laughs) Uh, a a massive part of it is to do with executive dysfunction and i would highly recommend looking into executive dysfunction um your your simple things and how an adult human being works are completely flipped so like people with prioritizing tasks can't do it switching tasks easily like being like oh i'll put this thing down and now i'll pick this thing up can't do it can't i can't schedule the time to do it um the the brain fog the the drifting off the inventing a world inside your head type thing and everyone everyone does it but i i I could map mine at this point i've lived in it for so long it's just the place we go when we're just bored and distracted um if something isn't emotionally stimulating if, if it is not releasing dopamine in my head, uh, dopamine being the, the reward chemical in my brain, if it doesn't generate it, my brain does not do it. So monotonous tasks and stuff like without a tangible result, for me, in my experience, do not release dopamine. So um, if you're like, hey, Alex, can you fill in this spreadsheet with this 10,000 pieces of information? I'm like, no, no, I cannot. And I will not. I'm like a, you know, like a dog stops and you try and put it on its collar and it's like, no, no, it's not for me. I'm that dog just stubbornly saying no. And I'll tell people, no, I won't do it. And it comes across as brutish and sort of defiant and stuff. But it's just like, if, if my brain does not light up with reward chemicals, I can't get out of bed in the morning, which leads us into that neg- into the very addictive dopamine loop of apps and video games and gambling apps. And like, hey, you're doing good, but for 99p more, you can do a little bit better. I'm like, oh, I want to do better. And it's, then it tell, then you spend 99p and it goes, oh, you're amazing. But if you spend £1.50, I'll let you see my boobs. <laughs> Just that negative inf- uh, enforcement loop. So with kids and stuff, especially if, you, if any parents listen, the best thing to do to get them excited for the thing is break up the... Uh, task statement and the reward into tiny chunks and it's just positive affirmations on small steps like well done writing your name you did a terrific job eating your muffin and you did lace up your shoes like a professional like positive affirmation just releases just a little of like yeah i did a good thing and it's really really important so when we're put in the situation where it's like yeah shit you're going to hell get in that room with that bully he might have a knife and then it's just like that does not that does not light up my brain with the good feels. You do need the good feels, and dopamine's so important. You yeah, you start your day with way more of it than I do. I've got to generate it just to get out of bed. Next question. <laughs> well, we have come to the end of the ADHD related questions. 
All right, 45 minutes into it. That's, ta- that's trademark Alex. <laughs> Alex, thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. your experience. It, it's been a huge eye-opener for me, and I'm hoping it will be for our listeners. Do you have any sort of closing remarks you'd like to make about sort of ADHD, living with it, coping with it, any pearls of wisdom for our listeners from your own experience? Yeah. Building routine doesn't have to be the the most obvious thing in the entire world. Like my, I have a smart home. All of my stuff is, you can see it in my camera here. I've got smart devices in my house, my lights and everything. Um, I set up routines with my lights that almost move me from room to room from time to time. So like at certain points, my lights will turn off in a room and I'll be like, okay, I'm done in this room now. <laughs> and and stuff like that. I always play lo-fi hip-hop music throughout my house. Like it's just pumped through all the time. At all times it's playing, not except for recording this, but when this ends, it'll just go back to being re- playing because it helps me slow down the thoughts it doesn't stop the thoughts at all they doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make them like quieter it doesn't make them any more or less but in for some reason the part of my brain which can pick a thought is amplified and enabled by lo-fi music it might be the slower pace of the music it might be the beats which most of my brain our brains are trained to find melody in things and if i'm listening to a melody a lot of my brain focuses on it lots of my brain doesn't but a lot of it does. And when a lot of it's focusing on a thing, it's way easier to use that and the energy to sort of train it to do cool and creative things. So routines don't have to be like, at 7.30, you're going to brush your teeth. And it's a notification that appears on your app. It's find your way to do it. Enable yourself via a smart home is what I would do. But also find your dopamine. Find it. It doesn't matter how dumb it is. It doesn't matter how weird it is to other people. Get it. And right now for me is my smartwatch where I've set my targets for uh, steps and elevated heart rate, like running or jogging or moving. And if the two rings don't close on my watch every day, which they ha- they've closed every day for three months, I feel fucking amazing. And it happened last night or the night before. It was like 9 p.m., cold outside, and I hadn't finished the rings. And I was like, I'm going to go do it. And I just got put my shorts and I got out and I, I went for a run, which, you know, a year ago, two years ago would have been like, oh, well, that's that record broken then. <laughs> Back to day one we go. And it's just it's given me the positive affirmation. Um, you don't owe anyone an explanation for it, for having any kind of neurological condition you don't have to apologize for it but it's not an excuse is one i really try and hammer home to people who are like i can't do it i've got this and um it's not an excuse to not do the thing it's to to find your version of yourself where you're happy with i know lots of people who just find a a, a pit in their life and they've decided well i my life is fucked because i've adhd it's like that's mm, no 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 there's always there's every brain is tuned with dopamine and happiness just find what makes you happy double down on it and you don't have to join the family business man but not every not every sunday can be easter either like there are going to be ups and downs in your life 
and harness what makes you happy and just do it twice oh i like do it that three times. harness what makes you happy and do it twice or thrice i like that interesting <laughs> that's too many it's not a number it's not, i'm not a fan of it <laughs> if you have been affected by any of the topics covered in today's podcast please see our show notes on our facebook page for our suggested contacts if you're interested in talking on our podcast, please get in touch through the Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Stay safe, you wonderful people.